All right. We're just winging it. What's that? That's it? I don't know. I wasn't ready yet. I was looking at my phone. Uh, I wasn't it was in the like mood. a puff I'm, of you know, dust. I'm back now. I just, yeah. <gasps> That's what that sound <laughs> was. It was yeah. sad. I'm John Abdullah. Welcome. Who are you? I'm Patrick Green. <laughs> and today you are going to teach us a little bit oh, about- Oh man, I'm excited about you, this episode. Well, I'm excited because you finished a book. I'm going to be doing, I, oh, I can, not only did I finish that book, which I've been talking about and reading since January, okay? But I also finished an, another book on top of it. It no was like I, I just no went through way. this phase a couple no way. couple weeks ago where I went to the library and I was like, "All right, I'm going to get a book and I'm going to use the fact that this can only can't be renewed. It's, it was a newer book, 14 days to read it." And I'm like, "I'm going to do it. I'm just going to read it." I'm, I'm doing that right now. Yeah, I rented something it's the best. using from my digital. So. Right, I also learned about tangent that. Already. I know already. But, well, well, first off, I want to address the fact that you sound extra masculine today. A- extra, extra sexy. sexy. Yeah, you just you got the <laughs> gruff like. Yeah, last week you had a cold, and now I've got one. So you do. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds good. Whatever should, we did after it, that you know? episode, it was a little too much, <laughs> we'll a little too know. intimate. Yeah, you um, talked a little too close into the mic. In my heart. <laughs> um, Oh, I literally lost my train of thought already. Oh, oh, Hoopla. So, so there's, so you know how libraries have digital assets you can rent out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are apps that will allow you to rent I know, things out. I just which, found one. Libby is the one I use. Now. Okay, there's OverDrive. There's Hoopla. There's, yep. there's a whole number of these things. Mm-hmm. I use Hoopla, and Wonderful. I use it all the time. Yeah, it is, a, it is amazing. I'm loving it. I just did it now too. Yeah. Um, I just, you know what? I actually just read through that. Um, the short story that Arrival is based on. Oh my God! Have I you love read that it? Story? Yeah, by Ted Chong. Oh yeah. my. God, we have to amazing. we have to just dedicate an episode to like that and the passage oh, of time, oh, it's you know, so because as a parent, especially, um, wow. So yeah, I've just been did you reading. A, did you get the whole collection? I did. Yeah, from, oh, mm-hmm. it's such a good book. Just through the library. I haven't read them all yet. I've only Neither read that one. I just yeah, jumped I've right read to a bunch it. Of them, but not all of them. Yeah, um, it's fucking awesome. And it's just been great. You know, the other so the book that kicked this off that I rented or borrowed from the library <laughs> was uh, yeah, <laughs> the movie club Friday night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to Plop Friday Plop. night crew. I uh, I took out The Monk of Mocha, which is Dave Eggers' latest book, and he's one of my favorite mm. authors. Yeah, he's um, another guy we both enjoy. Yeah, What yeah. is the What was just, uh, still is one of my favorite books. Yeah. Incredible. Life changer. Uh, it is. And so The Monk of Mocha is this great story about a Yemeni refugee who wants to start uh, or get into the coffee business. And uh, really, I cannot recommend it enough. Such a great read. Monk of Mocha? Um, the Monk of Mocha, yeah. The Monk of Mocha. And uh, so, so reading that and then finally finishing uh, The Book of Joy by Desmond Tutu and Good the Dalai Lama. I'm just like, I'm loving it. That's, that's really It's ambitious. nice to spend, you know, it's like yeah. we have such a finite amount of time. And, and oftentimes, you know, Bethany and I would try to use like a half hour at night to watch TV. But instead, we've been reading and uh, it's, it's good. Pluses and minuses with both. Good for we're you. We're not reading to each other yet, like you yeah, guys. Yeah, well, that's that's the next level. Yeah, that's not going to well, happen. We're, we're not doing that anymore either because Micah is in school now. We got we got to yeah. do some updates. How are things it's been going, man? Crazy. You've got a, um, you, you're the one who's got crazy stuff going on. It's as been usual. it's wait, <laughs> yeah. What, what else is new? <laughs> um, it's been it's been very intense these last I bet. These last two weeks. Kindergarten yeah. and uh, Micah starting nursing school. Yeah, so, from so an emotional place and just from a. Just like, oh, this is the new normal place. Well, we got to right. the train home yesterday together, which was oh, so cool. She was in her scrubs, and yeah. we had to like yeah. sit there, and it was it was really nice. But of course, we sat in the quiet car, so we like couldn't talk the whole time. <laughs> and and because I've been taking the train, you know, she she used to take. I it, never and then know she when I'm in home. the quiet car. Is it like labeled or something? It's the last car, and, oh. and you know because people are like, well, they're I'm always to, just like, quiet anyway. So you know, I can't stand it when you sit in a commuter rail uh, train or a bus or a car, and and it's like. <laughs> What? A commuter trail rain a bus car. Is that what I just said? Yeah. What oh, are you talking about? This the, is going to be an interesting about the episode. Train. The congestion that you're hearing is in my brain as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so there are some cars that are quiet, right? Yeah. And there are some that aren't. And when it's I'm on one- It's always the last car. Oh, that's good to know. I'm, it's now just I'll, all it, now But I'll it's know. only during peak travel hours. Oh, interesting. And, it is, and I fucking love the quiet car yeah. because it is quiet. Yeah. And oh, it's, it's awesome. like nobody puts up a bullshit. It's like if if there's like somebody who takes their headphones out and they just like start listening for some reason full volume <laughs> on their iPad to some terrible show. Yeah. Uh, then it's like people are like, get out of the quiet car. And they just shove them off. And they just throw them get off, off my the train. train. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Like Harrison Ford, yeah. Air Force One. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been pretty crazy. I gotta say, did we, did we talk about Jude's first day last time? We talked about everything I guess we, imaginable yeah, the last episode in the was a last episode, episode yeah. except for childcare, which was the topic. But, <laughs> right, which we kept uh, desperately yeah, trying no, to Yeah, no, we, we talked to. about it, the fact that he was going through, you know, he had, was training to go on the bus and it was going to be his right, first day, right. but it was still just before he That's actually right, started. so he hadn't actually had the first day. Yeah, yet, right. so how did it go? So, uh, it was, it, 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 
It was great. Did he, he come did back a, home? He did a fine job. He did he come back home. He didn't get left home. at the bus He got depot. off the All correct right. bus stop. And he didn't uh, get left out at recess? No, he did not. Excellent. And he did not get five minutes on the wall. All right. What a great um, start. I know. It's pretty, he's already six, more successful than his father. <laughs> Um, it no, he, he's doing great. He's really enjoying it a lot. He's uh, you know making new friends. We we've been talking because he already has friends from preschool that he's going in there with, or people right. from the neighborhood. Yeah, and you know just talking. I'm trying to kind of like tease out of him who other kids are that he's not not bringing up that he doesn't of know course. yet. You know, and being like, hey, like why don't you like why don't you try like maybe like ask her to like get lunch, sit at your table tomorrow, or you know try to like you know and and so he's like playing around with some of that and I yeah. think he's branching out a little bit which is really good uh, what an exciting um, time but what I notice most mm-hmm. is how tired he is I have really? to say that is a, a huge change so of course <laughs> so I'm an emotional train wreck as 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 very apparent from anybody who listens to this thing I was yeah. like or sees Patrick or, or does anybody who's day. ever met me before yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, I like the first day that he came home he I oh my god that's, so the first day that he came home I was like Jude guess where we're gonna go to celebrate your first day we're going to the comic store which, <laughs> I was which, gonna say fun spot yeah. <laughs> two hour <Again>! drive yeah, <laughs> yeah right. we're gonna go fly to uh, Liberia for your first congratulations yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, and every other time I've ever brought that up uh-huh. he's been so excited that he Bananas, like drops yeah. whatever he's got and of runs to the car and he was like I don't want to. Wow. Of course, I was like, and you I were was just fucking, a bucket of tears. I was so immature about it. I was like, oh my God, my guy, he's changed. He's changed. He's growing up. And she's, like, she's like, what is wrong with you? He's fucking exhausted. Yeah. He's never done one activity for that long before. Right. Because he gets the, got the bus just after seven. We walked to the bus stop. It's a lot. And he gets home at like 320, basically. Everything was new, right? Everything yeah, that he experienced right. that day. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, a day where he's got computer classes now. He's wow. like doing all this crazy shit. Kindergarten is not what it was when <laughs> we were kids. Apparently not. Computer which was classes. just peeing in sandboxes and getting punished <laughs> oh, for it. Oh, man. This is like, I mean, like we were talking, he was talking he about like his how first to use the game. keyboard. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He's, found, he's got an IPO going. <laughs> um, so it's intense. It's like, a, it's a busy, and so um, I've been trying to help him sort of like DF or vest a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, like, so when I get home, we kind of like do a little bit of kind of chill stuff, get our energy back. And then we have like, you know, a little bit of fun before bedtime, but bedtime for the first time in the green household has been a little bit earlier. Wow. Which leads me... It's like 11 p.m. now instead of... It's like one in the morning versus three in the morning. <laughs> it leads me circuitously to what I was uh, getting off on this tangent about, which was the reading to each other at night thing. Yeah. So now, um, you know, Mike is in school, mm-hmm. and I'm also composing like a banshee to get this ballet done. <laughs> like a banshee. I um, hope you don't actually have a banshee featured in that song. Yeah, I just sit there song. and I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> is that the noise they make? Sure. It's some know, kind of it's scream. Something. Does we'll anyone it's really the, know? It's the croup, it's the croup I don't call. think anyone's lived to tell. That, well, that, if you saw a banshee, like the fucking oh my god, the woman came back. Uh, this is this is okay, willowy, this is a, willowy getting woman. Yeah, I still yeah, yeah. can't. There's I've an been practicing, on the, on the but I still can The willowy can't. woman. Jude thinks it's, it's the willowy. It's like the anchorman. You know, unique New York. <laughs> yeah, right. Willowy woman. <laughs> the human woman. torch was the night of banquet. Yeah. <laughs> um. So before I get to that though, okay. Uh, so so at night now it's great because I have to work and so does she. Yeah. And so instead of watching TV. Or instead of reading, mm-hmm. um, it's like, okay, the kids are going to bed. Now we have like an hour and a half before we're going to pass out. Let's like get to work and we get to work together. Yeah. And it is really exciting. Oh, it's that is really exciting. Fun. It's so much more productive when you can both do that. You right. Because like right. when one person is watching something or, you know, just hanging out, it's it like, does suck. Ugh. And it's like you want to, you know, you want to be with them doing that. And Yeah. Uh, and it also makes me feel do. like, you know what, like I'm going to like get my shit together. I'm going to wake up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to do it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'm going to go to bed afterwards because I'm not going to stay up late. I'm, and like, we, we have to do it again tomorrow. But yeah. like, this is a chunk of time. But it's like that stuff we're you want to do be together. Doing. And, right. Right. Yeah. And, and that she wants to be doing. So it's like exciting for both of us. Even yeah. though we're fucking so tired. Exhausted. I but can only okay, imagine. You know? we're, we're, uh, You're hanging we're in doing, there, though? Yeah, we're doing great. Yeah. Good. So this morning, uh, Jude was peeing. I don't know why I'm throwing that detail in there. It's just the, the image in my head. It was Where? Because like, the first sitting... thing was peeing out the window. That was the first image in my head. Because you just said he was peeing. Good morning! Like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah. On the toilet, as, okay. as one does. You know, we're getting ready for school. Oh, that's the other thing, is that getting ready for school is so intense now because mm-hmm. he, here's our morning thing now. So this morning is what happened, report. for example, today. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first day this week that I haven't had calls in the morning, so mm-hmm. I, it was like somewhat less chaotic. But basically, so we got to get both of the kids ready. Micah's got to get all of her stuff, you know, ready for school. She's got to get get dressed and everything. Right. Um, and then we have to get Jude to the bus for about seven thirty, and then Micah to the train for seven forty. And oh, then man. Henry and I have to go back get the nanny. Well, not get the nanny, but the nanny's waiting <laughs> for us at eight o'clock. We walk back. Uh-huh. 
Um, and then I have 15 minutes to get to my train. So so there's like this like bing, bang, boom of yeah. things that have to happen. Uh-huh. And in, in that bing, bang, boom, we have to like feed the lizard. We got to feed the cat. We got to like, pack our shit together. You know uh, what I mean? There's just like, like feed the fish. Yeah. There's a lot of these like small things that I'm bad at mm-hmm. that have to happen in within this very the limited bang, amount of time. Within the bing, bang, boom. Within the big bang. Yes. So I'm like, you know, running around like an idiot trying to, what should I do anyway? But um, it's pretty intense. And you accomplished it all? Yeah, but the lizard I, fed I, I this think, morning. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to come home and Peter the lizard. The lizard will be, be like in the fridge, hanging out the window, peeing. You know, yeah. Um, so anyway, so this morning Jude's peeing and he goes, um, "Like, Dad, did the Willoughby woman come in the house last night?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." And he's like, "But she lives in the attic." Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, "No, she doesn't." She's oh like, man. She comes in and goes upstairs and lives in the attic. He and said I was that. Like, yes. And I what was if like, she does? What if he's been letting like, her in all these years? And I was like, this is like, a weird the the dream. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that'd be fucking scary. Do you know about the Hinter K. Fleck murders? <laughs> no, but okay, let's don't Yeah, even. we're not going to. Yeah, that's not going to happen this uh, time. So I, I'm like, uh, but look them up. They're Google fucking scary. Shit, yeah, yeah, Google Hinter K. Fleck. So, so, so he's like, well. <laughs> Did you I, even use words? Well, I don't even know. Hinter K. Fleck murders. From somewhere in your throat. Hinter K. Fleck. So I'm like, was this a dream that you had? And he's like, No. Um, and I'm like, Jude, what are you talking about? Was there an intruder, a ghostly <laughs> intruder? At this point. Tell me. And he's still peeing. As he's, yeah, peeing yeah. all over the yeah. place. I'm yeah. like, we got to get out the window. Yep. Um, and then he's like, no, uh, this is what you told me. And then I remembered last week when this came up on the podcast. Oh, did he listen? He he was apparently awake during that section oh. of it. And because, um, you know, we listen in the car when he's asleep. So I don't yeah. want him to hear me saying, drop an F-bomb. Right, same. Right. Yeah, but he was so awake for that. Even worse, he might have been like half awake. So the will woman was like in his dreams you know and it just goes and then he yeah, wakes up exactly um but but uh we we're, we did have other intruders in the yard last night uh is this time for a turkey trot no. oh no i'm not even that organized damn no we just had construction workers sitting in our patio furniture because they're the doing roof work and i was like why are people always just looking through your windows i know they're right sitting wait right a minute there. what if like, you're really just like it's the truman show and oh my god what if this is the moment you learned what Your whole life is, is being recorded. I'd be like, have fun and with fake, that. fake, artificial. <laughs> right. This is all part of it. This is all a dream. Uh-huh. Being recorded yeah. and televised. And Given what's wake. happening with the uh, op-ed in the New York Times. Now, yeah, I mean, right. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if this wasn't I, all one fucking I do still some mornings joke. wake up and think, like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to wake up in an alternative reality. Right. Or, or the actual reality. And be like, oh, shit. That's yeah. why it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we do have turkey trot updates. But before we get to those, mm-hmm. I want to just toss it over to you. How have you been? I'm doing fine. Just, I mean, I, you know, aside from this cold, which the is The more you like, talk, the more it goes away. It, it's which good. Which makes me think you're just trying to deepen your voice. Yeah, this is actually my attempt at, at getting a sexier voice for you listeners <laughs> out there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's how uh, I always talk. I'm glad, I'm glad it's, a, it's a bit of positive spin on my voice and not, you know, a negative because I, I wasn't sure today how much voice I'd have left. Yesterday, it was actually, it was worse and it was like, by the end of the day, I was whispering. Um, <laughs> just seductively whispering. yeah exactly did so, you get my email <laughs> I'd have to go real close up to someone and yeah. just whisper in their just ear when I needed something yeah, it made right. for very awkward meetings around <laughs> here I'll tell you that much um, so aside from that it's been good and I've, you know, I'm really feeling like uh, even though my kids aren't starting new school year really they're still in the same daycare it's still like very much a new beginnings time of year right it is um, summer yeah. is over pretty much it's not really but it offic- unofficially is leaves are changing um, leaves are changing you notice that uh, leaves are changing. I haven't yet. No, but yeah, that's no, that where is we are, coming. Those leaves that are changing. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. It's a, it's a great time of year. It is a great time of year. Um, New beginnings. And, and you know, I'm reading books. So what else can be? Wrong I still with can't believe you finished two books. I'm so excited about it. I do use the due date though, and the reason I brought Hoopla was thing. because because otherwise I was like, they extend forever. Right, and I mean you can also like. Well, what I, I mean I by that? One that sorry, I by they I mean my reading. At least for me, I'll read a book. And I'll just like I'll be super into it, and and then for whatever reason I start to like lose a little bit of interest. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's probably a whole psychology behind this because I do this with food sometimes too, where I just don't finish what's on my plate. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it's about me not wanting uh, res- res- things resolved or well, I that, leave a lot is of that open... something. But but I feel like you're pretty task oriented in general. Yeah, no, I am. I mean, right? for work, I think I I think I do a good job about you know. But you also did a bring something to conclusion. You know, you, you... Yeah, but even with like home projects, they're not totally done. Like there are little things like I still need to level out a couple of the tiles or nothing is ever so, finished. So I, I guess my question would be why? I'm like, okay it, with is that. It, is it procrastinatory? Yeah. Is procrastinatory a word? 
<laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. It is now. I think, well, for sure, there's a part of me that's just like always been okay with open-ended, you know, even like in a movie, you know, if something's open-ended, I love mm-hmm. it, you know, like let the viewer decide or or think about that because life is doesn't provide those clear endings. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, wholeheartedly. Yeah, wholeheartedly. So with life full ass <laughs> full that? ass half ass how can i forget yeah, right. um and so i think part of me is just okay with it so maybe that's partly what's going on so i can i can stop reading a book and be fine with that because i feel like you know what i got what and i needed to out of that it doesn't haunt you it doesn't haunt me it doesn't? Uh, just all the books are flapping behind me like in, in ghost form yeah exactly um jude's like no and having nightmares about <laughs> i mean maybe maybe it takes a toll psychologically i don't know well, obviously it doesn't. I think you would know. But I, think I, I, I'm okay. I guess my, my question is more is you just reach a point where you're okay not finishing something. Yeah. Versus yeah. you uh, they weigh you are down. procrastinating. Right. It's I don't not think that. it's the procrastinating, okay. but I'm not sure. I'd have to sit down with a therapist really. But when you finished a film project, mm-hmm. you know, or like, for example, when you were working on, um, I'm not saying finished because you never do them anymore, but when you yeah. were doing more of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you feel a sense of uh, discomfort after it was done? After each piece was done, after the after you finished post production yeah. and it was done yeah. and it was wrapped and it was a file, uh-huh. did you feel uh, a sense of loss or a sense of accomplishment? Oh, interesting a- accomplishment. I don't think I ever felt loss there. What if somebody were to say to you a year later, "Hey, can you add a scene in the middle, mm. like put new content in?" What, what would you know, that make you feel? My my approach to I don't know. I guess my own art is very much like it. It was what it was at that moment, and I don't really like to go back and, and edit things or alter them because I feel like, you know, it, it within the context of that time and that place and where I was at and whatever, you know, in, in the case of something that was commissioned, it needed to meet certain specs. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what it was for. So certainly if I was getting paid for it and, you know, it was for a, a client, I would make the edits. But if it were just my own piece, I probably wouldn't go back and um, work on it because I feel like I'd rather focus energy on something new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm the same What's way. Your approach I, on that? I, yeah. I, I can't. I mean, this is something that comes up from time to time, especially you know, because I've, for example, I, I wrote a piece um, in 2013 mm. that has been performed quite a bit, yeah, um, and, and that people have bought the music from and things like that, and they do it, you know, because um, it's kind of a niche, kind of a big it's kind deal. Of a, it's kind of a big. It's been done like five times. <laughs> That's awesome. Which for, for me is a no. Lot, that is you know. super exciting. Um, but but but. Each time, like people or people like, oh, have you considered like adding this or like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like the instrument that I'm playing it on, um, you know, doesn't have these. St- it's for an organ, so it's like you know, okay. like, sometimes like the organ will be built differently and won't be yeah. able to do something. And they're like, you know, if you were, were to rewrite this section more mm-hmm. generally so that it could be played on more instruments, you might get more performances. And I, I, so I've done some of those things, but yeah. it's it's extremely difficult because yeah. every decision point you arrive at in a piece <laughs> of art arrives is arrived at via an extremely circuitous and intense amount of pre-decisions right? yes yes so like you go into anything with an idea of what it is and what it's coming from and an impulse mm-hmm. and then you work on it and mm-hmm. as you're working on it those things become totally transmogrified by the process of actually creating it that's right and before you know it you're making decisions that you would have never in a million years have thought of otherwise you right know what I mean? um and and those inform all the rest of the creative steps along the way so to go back into that in medias rest and redo something, yeah, totally agree. It's super uncomfortable. It's, it gets at you know? some of the conversations we've had about the journey, uh, the value of the journey and the process in this case, yeah, um, and how yeah you can't just like sort of drop yourself back into that journey. Like you were on that journey in that moment and you created it, you know, that way. And, and it can be actually painful. Yeah, I, for, yeah. for me, it's a it's a painful experience to try. Like I love the the fact that a lot of music that I've written now, I don't remember how I did a mm, lot of things in it yeah. like, I like going back years later and being like oh how exciting cool. is that yeah you know totally what I mean? and, oh and, I do yeah. and thinking like I know that there was some kind of an illusion that I was making there I know I know there's a reason why I came up with this harmony for that or yeah. why it sounds this way but like I don't remember why and I love that it's now separated from me and yes. exists as something semi-independent and I think that from for me and we're talking about our um, Myers-Briggs stuff recently yeah. I, I, one of one of my favorite questions on the one that I took was um when you when you finish something, do you feel a sense of accomplishment or, or a sense of loss? There's yeah. I brought that up, and I do. I feel both simultaneously mm. pretty hardcore. Mm. Like I feel like because you know a piece of music ends with a double bar line. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. So so it's like a big moment when I get the double bar at the end mm. of something that I've been doing for you know a thousand hours of work sometimes. Yeah. Um. And it's and it's like I will never have that journey again. That yeah. was it. Wow. It's over. And no human will. There will never be a set of circumstances that will lead How to this exact that? creation that uh-huh. I just did. 
and nobody will ever experience that again yeah. in this universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's like a small death there as it gains a new life as a finished piece wow. of art. I don't know this how we got to talk about that. probably will connect back into our conversation about joy, too. Well, let's go ahead and... I think it could. But oh we, can't, we can't possibly trot. We can't possibly go through this episode and not do the turkey trot we do. first. We've we been, have okay, to. Okay. And then we'll come back to joy. We've been teasing this for so long. Yeah, we've got some turkey updates. All right, so you go first. All right, so mine's pretty quick. I mean, <clears throat> shortly after our last uh, conversation about turkeys, which was now, I think, three years ago... Um, there uh, there were turkeys that came back finally. You know, it was hot out, so I hadn't seen them for a little while. But shortly after our they last don't like conversation, the hot um, I think it, when it gets really hot, they go in the shade and hide in trees or whatever That's the, the fuck they do. Yeah. Um, and so then I, all of a sudden I looked out my window and they were hanging out more. And I see them perched on the play set that we have. Oh, man. That's um, which perfect I turkey built territory. by hand, by the way. But anyway. You did. And you finished. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, so they were on top, okay? And they're just shitting. <laughs> into the top of the playset, and I feel like I feel like they must have heard our episode, and it was in response to it. We have a lot of fans yeah. in the turkey community. A lot of turkey fans. So, so that's a poopy playset. So that happened. Uh, so that was you know the quick update that I had. But uh, more recently, literally just just two nights ago, they actually came to my dreams. That's how bad. it's Oh gotten. my god! Were you peeing at the they time? They came into my dreams. I probably you debriefed in the morning and peed while pee you're, everywhere. Yeah. Right. So they came Out in. The so. <laughs> I know there were turkey in my dreams, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night and thinking, I have to remember what just happened so that I can repeat it on the show. Right. You know, it was only right. two nights ago. Right. And, and you forgot it. And I've, I've forgotten all except this one detail. Oh, man. <laughs> all I remember, all I can be sure of, is that I was in, I was in danger, okay? As there, one always as is. As one in the always is. Turkeys. To the extent that my, I was covering... Uh, my family jewels, we'll say. Okay. <laughs> I, I was I was very afraid of them poking at my private oh parts. Oh my god! Like they were they were getting really close, and and for you know that that was the only thing I can remember. I don't remember what. It, it's but they so were unfortunate. Going, they were going for the. They were gunning. jewels. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, really, yeah. that's really haunting. And I only got one left, man. I only, <laughs> I, only got, I only got one testicle left after the cancer, so you got to be careful. You so know? they were going, go, they were pinpoint accuracy. They were going after after this. I well, mean, that, once that, again, there's I, I some mean, psychology going on there. I don't blame you for having there. nightmares about that. I mean, you know, yeah. that was a, yeah. a pretty huge event in your life. You <laughs> it's know, the first time I have actually. Yeah. Um, really, that's the first it's first time I've had a nightmare about balls that. nightmare. You've it's the first balls. I've had I've had I've had tinges of balls nightmares. <laughs> tinges I've had of balls. I've had a, a but this show's getting weird. Oh man. I, I used to have a dream a lot where I would be um performing in front of people. Well, almost every single nightmare that I have is about performing. Yeah. Uh, and being horrified. <laughs> Literally like every single dream that I have that's a nightmare now, is performing about performing in what way, Patrick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's literally, it's literally being on stage. It's like it's it, my my nightmare is always the same thing. It's uh-huh. the same director, it's the same everything. Uh-huh. And I always walk out and I don't know what show I'm mm. in and nobody's giving me a binder, nobody's giving me a script. I don't know what the costume is. I'm like what time period is this thing that I have on? <laughs> and it's like there's lights on me and I'm frantically like looking can somebody give me like a line reading like I need I have no idea yeah not even what the line is but what I am I'm oh. like am I even a human in this thing wow and I, ha- I have that dream I I, I mean I have the dream all the time so wow. so and I can recognize now the dream as it's happening yeah. sometimes yeah. and I can be like you know what I just it's okay like I'm gonna get to the end of this thing <laughs> it's not really happening but right. but for the most part it's still really terrifying but I've, I've had dreams where like you know my genitalia will just like fall off in front of people oh sometimes. man have you ever had that that's rough no yeah I, it's not it's, that i can it's, think of it's it's and that that dream in particular is like then they try to like reattach <laughs> the organs and they and it like doesn't work i'm just right. imagining you in a uh, for some reason when you said reattaching organ is the first thing i meant i think of is you in a what is it called in a racetrack a pit a pit crew yeah a right Pit crew yeah. just like working furiously and <laughs> you know trying to attach everything back <laughs> yeah right right quickly so that you can get back on the so i can go back to, on stage right exactly um. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I I can, I can relate to having dreams where things are attacking genitals. That's yeah. That's so scary. with turkeys, man, you don't want to fool around. Can you imagine a tur- Can you imagine being killed by a turkey? Ugh. The has- After seeing happened. what they've done to my basement window, now it's it's scary. I that's never realized happened. how hard those be. Oh, I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure Do someone you think this happened to an adult on I, this I planet like- has been murdered by a turkey. <laughs> has been fucking murdered. Murdered by a turkey. Actually killed by a turkey. Yeah. I, I think you're probably it's ha- right. It's had to have happened. The Someone thing is has that pissed one off enough. There, I, I was talking about turkeys this weekend, of course, um, yeah. at uh, our friend's birthday party. 
well, the kids' birthday party. Our friends Doug and Katie, who yeah. we've talked about many times. Doug the physicist. Uh, Doug the physicist and Katie the social sociologist, social worker. Um, <laughs> social and person. Social, social butterfly. Social butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, or, I guess, well, now she's a therapist. But anyway, so, we, so I was talking to their parents because Doug's family is the family with the thousands of turkeys in the trees that oh, I brought up man. that one time. And I was like... I don't. I was like, I had these memories that I've now told an audience of millions of people about. Where like I would go to your, I would go visit your house, mm-hmm. and there would be just turkeys as far as the eye could see in the trees. <laughs> and, an army and of turkeys they're, they're approaching like, the house. Like, we had like three turkeys. And I was like, <laughs> no, you had hundreds of turkeys. <laughs> Anyways, that's kind of funny. I but believe I, it. I have, I I have believe a, quick, it. a quick turkey story that was sent to us by Felix, who is one of our listeners. A very Felix good the turkey. Felix the turkey uh-huh. from Sweden. Okay. Felix the Swedish turkey. Yep. So he said uh, that he was visiting the, his cousins in Poland with his sisters, <laughs> and Poland is known for having especially vicious turkeys. Really? Yeah. It was on the countryside. I did not know that. Neither did I. But t- I mean, turkeys are everywhere. So oh, you know, they, I'm sure. They yeah. probably have culture, like orcas. You know. <laughs> I mean, because you see them moving in pods, right? You see these like these families of turkeys. Yeah, you, you know how yeah. like how like pods of orcas will communicate with one another. They develop their own culture. Yeah, you know, fucking turkeys are dinosaurs, basically. You know uh, that they have some semblance of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't be surprised. So they had a huge field uh, in the backyard with a lot of apple trees and space for the turkeys to wander around because they had kind of achieved peace with these turkeys in Poland. That's um, nice. At the cousin's them. house. Mm-hmm. And on that field was a trailer that they used to transport hay rolls. And the turkeys would chase them around, be- being Polish and angry. <laughs> and eventually they decided that they had enough of the turkey bullshit. And they picked up all the apples that had fallen from the trees. And then they climbed up on the trailer and started lobbing them at the turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they were 5 to 12 years old at the time. Um, and he said that apparently turkeys have a temper that uh, is out of control. And the floppy skin under their beaks, mm-hmm. you can tell how angry they are. Because uh, they grow red. Yes, so I've seen it. So the waddle under the turkeys. They basically yeah. turn into whatever that dinosaur is. Um, once again, Dinosaur well, the, Club the uh, leader in here. Park. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. <laughs> they yeah. do. They really do. Yeah. Well, uh, they start that, um, salivating too. Or maybe that's roosters I'm thinking salivate. of now. No, no. Have you seen this with roosters? Have you seen a no rooster, way. a pissed off rooster? Do they have mucus membranes They fucking, like they salivate. They like spit it out as if they are, that, again, they that dinosaur. They actually go, that's my yes. favorite dinosaur, actually. Really? It's it would extremely be. unrealistically depicted in oh, I'm sure. Jurassic yeah. Park. Well, it's it's actually nothing like that, but it's a fucking great movie. Oh, yeah, totally. We actually just watched it again last oh, week. Oh, you got to see Angry Rooster. You got to check it out, man. Angry Rooster. That's scary. a good beer name. And, and, and as soon as you turn around, they'll actually go after you. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So apparently the, uh, the Polish turkeys got so angry that their waddles turned purple. Oh, um, wow. And they, that sounds bad. Yeah. And apparently the uh, they had a huge vendetta um, after that where the turkeys like remembered who they were and- they were, They've were got elephant-like memories, apparently. But apparently, it was it was uh, like fun because they they ended up having to resupply. So they would go on these supply runs into the field of purple turkeys <laughs> and get more apples from <laughs> the trees. Runs. And then it's like it would the be Walking like, Dead, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway. I'm so still, that's I'm also turn. imagining you, them like uh, Zelda. You know, the turkeys. You piss them off, and then they start attacking. You remember that? I've N- N64? I have never played no, a Zelda game. No, don't fucking tell me I that. Have never, I've, as, what? Uh, I've never played no. a Zelda game. Not in any, oh, we need to stop Not in any real way. I mean, I've, I've, I've been at friends' houses and watched. You're a fan of video games. This is I'm on principle. I'm an enormous fan of video just, games. Do you hate Zelda? And I, do you I, hate life? I, I just, I never, I know why. I know why. It's because I wanted the golden cartridge as a child. Yeah, understandable. And I, I couldn't get it because I didn't have the NES. Mm-hmm. I had an SNES. And okay. I didn't have a golden cartridge for that. And so I kind of like lost interest in it. I, but you know, N64? I Metroid. I just never got it. I mean, I played N64. I still play N64. Can you That's please, held up very well, For Jude's actually. sake. Okay, we'll go back. Please. Okay. It's amazing. I'm well, it's like a proto-RPG, right? It's like a... It's like a it, I mean, the N64 one for me, maybe it's just because that's like well, I was play, in the You're right... saying Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? I, Which is just, one of the great games ever made. Oh, my apparently. God. It's incredible. But I wouldn't know because I have never played a you Zelda need, game. You need to do that. You okay, need to introduce yourself and Jude to that. Please. We will. Okay. I'll do it. All right. And that Purple actually turkeys. is a nice segue uh, to uh, lessons by Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama, who specifically call out Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. No, as they don't. Is it Ocarina? Joy. Ocarina. I've been saying Ocarina my entire life. Oh, no, life. You're, prob- you're probably right. I think the instrument is called the Ocarina. The, well, then that's what it is, because right. it's about the fucking instrument. <laughs> the Ocarina of Time. No, actually, they don't talk about the Ocarina of Time. Um, ocarina of Time. Uh, they talk about a lot of other stuff, though. So well, should we segue? Let's talk about it. So, so today's <laughs> episode is about finding joy. Finding joy, which is something that uh, I don't know anything about. No, it, it ends up happening. I end up stumbling into it. Well, so it's an interesting one because I feel like you know, as I've thought more about the show and what the fuck we're doing, yeah, 
it's kind of a show about life as a parent mm-hmm. as opposed to um, parenting necessarily. Because, yeah. like, you know, we share whatever bits of, I wouldn't call them wisdom, but, you know, we share our own things, perspectives, right? right? But a lot of it relates to, uh, you know, our own lives as parents and, like, especially totally. as young parents. You know, we've talked a lot about you're sort of on a path as a young adult and then parenting um, shifts your perspective quite a bit. And so, anyway, you know, I was thinking more about um, this and and the reason this came up for me, actually, it was kind of in a dumb way, but it, <laughs> early in this year, uh, Bethany was, it was like, you know, maybe it was New Year's Day, I think, actually, and she was telling me how she wanted to participate in this thing. Uh, one of her mom's groups on Facebook came up with this thing where they were going to pick <laughs> the first letter of their first name mm-hmm. and come up with a word that started with that letter that they wanted to focus on. So for Bethany, that was breathe. And that was like, you know, it's kind of like a mantra for the year or whatever. Um, it's something to focus on. Okay. And I was like, well, that's stupid, you know. And then I jokingly, I uh, thought of, you know, okay, John, you know, I said jalapeno, you know, I'm going to focus on, <laughs> I'm going to spice as soon up as my you life. Said Bethany, I was thinking ball. <laughs> <laughs> big boys, balls, yeah. yeah. Big Bobby's big boy. Big, uh, yeah. So, so I was, you know, I made a joke of it and I said jalapeno, I'd focus on spicing up my life. And oh. for whatever reason, I thought about it for like, you know, another second after that. And I was like, all right, what would I pick if I if I were to, you know, try this out with Jay? Yeah. And and the word joy came up and I thought, huh, I wonder, you know, I wonder if joy is something like distinct from, you know, happiness is something we talk a lot about in this culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pursuit of happiness. Um, so it's, it goes to our foundation. And I thought about joy and like, you know, that could be kind of an interesting thing to think about. And then I was like, all right. If if I were going to try to focus on joy this year, what what would I who would I want to read about? Because I have also I found I don't know if you can relate to this, but as I've gotten older, this is like a classic thing, I guess. But I've uh, I've grown to appreciate more the fact that a lot of other people have figured shit out mm-hmm. already. Yep. You know, and it's like there's something wonderful about that young adult period of your life where you think no one else has figured it out, and yeah. you you're the first person to ever experience this, right? <laughs> um, and like you have to do that, right? Because yeah. you're an individual, and it's you finding yourself. You form so, a sense of yourself, yeah. exactly. Um, but now I'm finding more and more that I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? People have been through it much more than I have, and I like I appreciate my perspective, you know, and what I've gone through and all that, my journey. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I I realize that there's a lot of wisdom out there. Um, from people who have done, you know, very similar things or very different things. So anyway, I thought about who it is that I'd want to learn about. And immediately Desmond Tutu popped into my head because I've had the, um, I've been able to. I have this image of Desmond Tutu going, (laughs) hi. (laughs) And that's exactly how he probably would pop up too. He's a very smiley person. Um, Well, that's the thing. He's a very smiley person. And the reason I thought of him immediately with joy is that you, you, when you hear him speak, um, he is full of this, you know, joyous energy. And I actually I had the um, benefit of uh, seeing him at, speak at Wheelock College way back when I was in college, and I remember this is the only person this has ever happened to me with that I can recall, where I, I didn't even really get close to him, but he was walking onto the stage and he passed me. Maybe I was like, you know, three rows away from where he was walking through the aisle, mm-hmm. and I I really remember the energy and just like feeling it, you know. And I, I had a friend who was hosting You're that burning event. with energy. Yeah, you yeah. could just feel the aura. Yeah. And I remember I, I had a friend who hosted that event, and that's how I, I was able to go to it. And she got to meet him backstage before, and she said people who were shaking his hand just started crying <laughs> as they shook his hand. <laughs> and I know that he was breaking their It sounds their, insane, their metatars- right? It sounds yeah. insane, but I got to tell you, that man, like the energy that he just exudes, you know, it, it's really? amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and if, you know, if, if you go online and watch some of his YouTube videos, I think you can you can see some oh, of you that. Get a, a total sound. I mean, every interview I've ever heard of him, yeah. too, I'm always like, I mean, oh, he's man. constantly laughing. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. and, and you know, just seemed to me like a joyous person that you'd want to learn more about. And I've read some of his stuff, but I wanted to see if he had anything on this topic of joy. So, of course, I Googled it. And sure enough... <laughs> He has a fucking book called The Book of Joy, right. where he and the Dalai Lama spent, I think it was two weeks together uh-huh. um, in India with the Dalai Lama, and uh, it was for the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday, and what they wanted to do as sort of a gift you know, for others is, is spend uh, a couple weeks just looking at this topic of joy and how they have found it and sort of their, their thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. And so the author, um, let's see how quickly I can remember what his name is. Because uh, I do want to give him credit, Douglas, Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Uh, actually, it was Douglas Douglas Abrams who okay. has done other work with Desmond Tutu. 
um, wrote this book. And props to him because was he there? He was there for okay. this whole experience. Can you imagine that? And yeah, exactly. And and just w- wonderful writer. And I think did such a great job of pulling out. Um, you know, meaning meaningful lessons from them, but also uh, injecting some of his perspective. Because of course, you know, we're <laughs> we're all we're all humans, of course. But at the same time, some like we're not at the level of uh, Tutu and the Dalai Lama in terms of being. Um, uh, what's the word? I'm forgetting what the word is. But they're they're just at a different level, you know. They're yeah, uh, they're pretty important. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in terms, because well, in addition to just being amazing men yeah. they're they're also old they're very right, right? so they've there's also the, no like, totally you're right a lot. they've lived through a lot so they exactly have, and and i do think that even people who are not wise in and of themselves yep if you get you know to be a certain age you you become somewhat wise yeah. by just living that long no i think that's and totally seeing true. that much you yeah, know what i mean exactly so, yeah so, yeah. so add on to that the fact that they're these you know charismatic amazing people right that exude joie de vivre you know <laughs> then yeah that's why yeah so they're just inspiring people um and happen to be very accessible as well but still i think the author did a really great job of uh you know helping us understand yeah uh the state that they are in and and anyway so so he spent that two weeks with them and so i wanted to share some of the some of what i learned from that and maybe you know have a conversation about it because i read it starting in january until now (laughs) my process for (laughs) i went like beautiful mind on this book last night you know and i had all this you can see the papers that i have here yeah um and i've scribbled some notes and you know it's a mess so we'll see how it goes um, it's literally 300 pages of typed notes yeah, that you're Yeah, I basically today. just yeah. reprinted the whole you book. You just rewrote it from the um, beginning. But I paraphrased it <laughs> Like, entirely. as a young boy. Yeah, exactly. So, But there, I wanted to make sure I at least quoted some of these because yeah, yeah, they're just yeah. so good, yeah. you know? So, well, but before you teach me about yeah, this. before I, I teach I'm, you. I'm just, I don't know how much I'm going to teach anybody, but... Uh, but, like, the, so, so I think you're right that there was a difference between happiness and joy. Yeah, well, that's the first thing I wanted to ask you about, too, but keep going. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like happiness is something that I've experienced in my life a lot. Joy is something that I'm only now becoming aware of. Mm, I would say I would I would agree with that. Joy, like it's a it's a it's and it's nice because I never even thought of them as separate states of being. Yeah, really. You yeah. know, like I always figure that like oh I feel good I'm having I'm excited about doing this thing. Right. That's joy, but it's not. Joy is something deeper and more elaborate than that. I think it is one that, way of think. Yeah, yeah, go keep going. Well, I, I just yeah go ahead. Uh, so one way of thinking about it is is uh, happiness often is dependent on external circumstances mm. and joy isn't. Right. You know, it's a very internal thing. So like, you know, to start off, one of the things, one of the excerpts I have here is uh, also maybe demystifies the idea that joy is all about um, positivity. Right. You know, just getting sort of having a positive experience in your life. So Desmond Tutu says, um, discovering more joy does not, I'm sorry to say, save us from the in- inevitability of hardship and heartbreak. In fact, we may cry more easily, but we will laugh more easily, too. Perhaps we are just more alive. Yet, as we discover more joy, we can face suffering in a way that ennobles rather than embitters. We have hardship without becoming hard. We have heartbreak without being broken. Mm. You know, so it's like, it's this interesting thing, because you also see that Desmond Tutu, and he talks about this, um, is very quick to cry, you know, just Mm -hmm. as he is to laugh. And so um, there is something about uh, an openness to experiencing emotion, and... Uh, and actually maybe pain being a necessary part of life even to experience joy. Right. You know, so I thought that was an interesting... Uh, I think it has to be. Right? Because without that, it's just, it, it's not special, you know? Yeah. Do you find your relationship with your emotions changing as you get older? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, and I think this is something, I think we talked a little bit about even doing an episode on this. I've found that since becoming a parent specifically... Yeah. I my emotional spectrum has widened, yeah. you know, and I just go to the extremes more easily. Yeah, me too. I'll cry at a fucking Pampers commercial, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know the commercial um, you're talking about, right? Yeah, and and uh, and certainly movies. I like the commercial where the dad is lying on the couch and and his his like newborn is asleep on mm. his chest, and he but he has to like get work done. Yeah, so he's like quietly like just like typing something on like the computer on the table, and then like the kid shifts and he's like. Oh, it's- <laughs> Um, yeah, like yeah, I any of any of the passage of time, which are done so much now. I feel like you know, with Boyhood, that was a big moment mm. for that. But there are other um, movies. There's a Subaru and, commercial. Have you seen this? commercial? Yes. Fucking kills Subaru me. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I know. I'm not ready for this. I know. But joy is about being ready for it. And, I think and, it is. And that and I know you're about to teach me more. But no, but just no, no. Briefly, something this that, isn't about what I'm teaching something, you. <laughs> something that I find really important, and something that for whatever reason I find myself fighting against and having to overcome. Yeah is this need to stifle that. Because mm. I, I've always been a very emotionally 
open person. Right. I get teased about it at work because I fucking cry at work sometimes. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. that's who I am. Yeah. But I also I I realize that uh, to, that it's really painful sometimes. That's right. And that as I become older and as I you know experience more just death of you know relatives and things, and, yeah. and as I become more aware of my mortality and and what that would mean to our children and my wife, um. It, it becomes like it, I get very quickly overwhelmed, mm. you know, like I, I, if, if I'm really open to it, I can feel sort of like um, frozen, like it's like almost too much to, to handle. So to get over that, just to be able to like make the train on time, you right. know, yep. I find myself being like, oh, oh, it's OK. It's OK. I'm not going to go there now. I'm not going to go there now. And I feel like um, something that I've been on a personal journey with just the last year really yeah. has been not stifling it and stopping that impulse and being like, it's OK. I, I have to be emotional right now and I'm going to let myself. Yes. I think that's huge. And yeah. I think um, the way that we process it, I think has a lot to do with it too. And and that's, you know, we can get into some of that too and how they uh, talk about this topic because part of it is being open to it. And then I think yeah. also there's something about how we process it well, and what we accept that? versus don't. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to read this, um, this quick excerpt because it really speaks to what you were just saying about the pain part as well. <laughs> and it's on two pages. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's a little long, but I'm going to read it because it also gives you some insight into how these two um, men interact with each other, which I think is just it, – it's beautiful. Yeah. Reminds me kind of, of uh, me and you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's actually our book. This is, it is, This yeah. is the book of joy featuring we're, uh, just winging it. We're in training to become uh, right. an archbishop and a monk, a Buddhist monk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here it is. Many people look at you, the archbishop continued, and they think of all the awful things that have happened to you. Nothing can be more devastating than being exiled from your home, from the things that are really precious to you. And yet when people come to you, they experience someone who has a wonderful serenity, a wonderful compassion, a mischievousness. And then the Dalai Lama interrupts him and says, that's the right word. I don't like too much formality. And Desmond Tutu says, don't interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he elbows him back. And then the Dalai Lama says, oh, and the, you know, he laughs back at him. Um, and the archbishop continues, it's wonderful to discover that what we want is not actually happiness. It is not actually what I would speak of. I would speak of joy. Joy subsumes happiness. Joy is the far greater thing. Think of a mother who is going to give birth. Almost all of us want to escape pain, and mothers know they are going to have pain, the great pain of giving birth. But they accept it. And even after the most painful labor, once the baby is out, you can't measure the mother's joy. It's one of those incredible things that joy can come so quickly from suffering. And, you know, it, I mean, mm. we just talked about that, yeah. that idea of where pain comes from, or, or rather, sorry, that, that pain often uh, very much accompanies joy, you know? And, and as a parent, um, I mean, of course, that's the, the best example of a mother who's giving birth. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's in terms of I, both extremes, I've, right? The I've most really pain asked... she may ever experience. I, I, Mike and I talk about this sometimes because like it'll, yeah. it'll just hit me out of nowhere the fact that she gave birth twice, right? Like, you know, what I mean? and I'd be like, especially when you see them now and you're like, that thing came what? out of your goddamn yeah, vagina. It's crazy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the genital episode. Oh at man, the end of the day. yeah, a lot of genitals in this. But one. like, just um, because it, it was Jude's birthday, you know, we were we were kind of reliving that whole sequence of events, <laughs> rehearsing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Push! now open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, we were kind of going going through that night because because we'll never forget that. And oh yeah, I'm, of we'll course. do an episode on this at some point. But I, you know, like I remember specifically um, one of the last things we did before he came was mm. we were watching The Sopranos, <laughs> and um, <laughs> what and a it's just like this thing to watch. I, I, yeah, seriously. Uh. But like, but we knew we were going to be going to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Because we were going there to get induced because he was so late. Right, and it, but right. But it turned out that she actually, while we were watching The Sopranos, had gone into early labor, so we didn't actually need to get induced. Oh, very induced. similar. We, yeah, similar yeah. situation where Bethany was going to be kid. induced and then didn't have to. Yeah. yeah, right, right. But it was like right up to the wire. So yeah. no matter what, we knew that night, right. like, in a couple hours, we're going to get the call and then it's time to go. Uh-huh. And we're like, well, we came back from the swimming pool, and then we kind of like sat there and we're like, let's watch The Sopranos for a while. <laughs> and it's crazy to me that like Micah was sitting there watching The Sopranos knowing that within the next span of time she was going to endure the most trying experience a human being can endure. can you imagine i can't i can't I yeah really i mean cannot. i jokingly i think it was during um i don't remember what holiday it was for maybe it was mother's day yeah, the meme i, I shared yeah, yeah i shared this little meme about how uh if it was dads who had give, given you know had to give birth with the humanity would have died a long time ago <laughs> right. it's like, I, can't, I, I, could I don't not, know that we're built i don't to think do i it. could do well yeah. we don't have vaginas well, but also, there's like, that. i don't yeah. know if if i could handle that you know right 
the pressure of knowing that you're about to go through that and that you're that this other life is for depending nine on months. you making it through that it's just crazy yeah and then you're right and then and then you emerge from like the greatest physical pain you can really have to with perhaps the greatest, the greatest joy you'll ever experience because if you ask people what's the greatest moment of your life yeah. people who have kids will almost always say it was the birth <laughs> of their children i mean you know? yeah yeah um i know for me those those were the two greatest oh, moments of my life god know? Um, just thinking back, you know, I, you get goosebumps just thinking about it. You know, that experience is so heightened because it's it's in the context because it's it's important to remember that we go through a lot of anguish too. It's and it's it's okay to to admit that it's not what mothers go through. During That's birth. right. But there is something in the experience of a father, especially like a connected and involved dad, mm-hmm. being present for the whole time and like helping with the coaching and all these things. And yeah. Like, and knowing that the the most important people in the world to you. Especially, you know, the first time around, the second time around, you know, there's another kid who's there. But like, but the, but the first time <laughs> around, like the, the people at the center of your existence are both going through the most dangerous event you can really right. go through yeah. in the developed world. You know, yeah, a birth uh, happening on, on, you know, like the mother's giving birth and the child is coming into the world. And this is like such an important moment. And so from an emotional standpoint, it's really hard on us, too. Absolutely. You know? um, and and then and then that feeling when it's over of like just like, you know, the colors look different, you know. <sighs> Um, so yeah. yeah, so I think pain goes hand in hand with it. I think it does, you know, and you, when you look at your life, I think that, uh, well, there's this thing about everything is, is relative too. So if right. we didn't have pain, if we didn't have bad experiences, then how could we have good ones? Right. Really? You know, I think that's true. Um, so yeah, so the, I think the pain piece is, is an important one. Um, maybe, you know, one way that I'll sort of summarize what they, um, taught is to to just let you know about these sort of eight pillars is mm-hmm. how they constructed this. Um, and, you know, they're just sort of eight areas to focus on if you want to sort of cultivate joy in your own life. Um, and it's interesting because they, they very much build on each other, and you'll see as I read them. Um, and they and ultimately, you kind of, you know, you want to get to the place of the last two, which uh, they really emphasize as being core to living a joyful life. Mm-hmm. So the first four are sort of qualities of the mind, and they are perspective, humility, humor, and acceptance. And the four that they call sort of qualities of the heart are forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, and generosity. Mm. And, you know, those last two, compassion and generosity, ultimately, um, I had mentioned this, I think, a while back in an episode about how uh, too much self-centeredness will never uh, allow you to, you know, get to that place Mm -hmm. of, of joyfulness. Um, because, well, I think, I think we're, we're designed to be, um, with other people and have relationships and, you know, there's this great, um, I learned about it from Desmond Tutu. It's a Zulu word from South Africa. Um, and it's Ubuntu. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, it means one translation is I am because we are right. You know, and it's just like how we define our, each other or ourselves rather, um, and I love that because we're so bound up in each other. And as right. much as we maybe sometimes want to, you know, especially if you're a more introverted personality, um, certainly you might be energized from being alone. Um, but there's still that interconnectedness at some level in your life, probably, hopefully, you know, right. that that makes for a joyous life, I think. Because even people who don't necessarily seek out a lot of relationships with other people and people who really enjoy not being around other people who even move to the mountains and want to, like, you know, live in a homestead somewhere. Yeah. Like, even them, if, if that's in the context of toxic relationships that you're running from, that's very different from going out there and choosing, like, this is my this is my life and I'm happy. And I know that if things fall apart that there are people around me that can sustain right. me, right? Yeah. It's about, it's about being interconnected with, like, the human species and, and knowing that exactly. part of a, of a continuum. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's been studies about this. I think of kids who have been um, unfortunately raised, you know, in isolation. Um, And (laughs) uh, actually, I'm trying to think of the specific one. You mean like like feral children? Well, well, there's that, which is horrible. Um, There's there's an actual study that I think was done around. I think it was uh, apes or something where they were raised by like a robotic, you know, thing that was rather than their mother. And they didn't they like die way younger or I don't know exactly. Yeah. So you mean a wireframe? Yeah, I where there's so. like there was one mother ape that was mm-hmm. just basically a wireframe. Um, yeah, uh, like uh, like a sort of like um, it was like a robotic or something. Wasn't well, it? I don't think it even moved. Oh, okay. I, I think I, it was just like there was one that was basically just like this hard, ape, right? And then there was one that was furry, mm-hmm. and the one and the 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 baby apes that that were raised by the one uh, that was uh, wire. Um, like you had a lot of issues. Yeah, were, like much yeah. more anxious and much less. And <laughs> Maybe it, like, that's the one I'm thinking of. I don't even know. Yeah. 
Um, um, that's that's a really important study. I forgot the details of it, but yeah. Well, so there's another study that was interesting. The other thing I appreciate about this book is uh, they bring in science too. You know, because with a lot of these like self help books, right? If you want to put it in that category, or spiritual books too, is that it is a lot of like feel good stuff, and it isn't necessarily backed by science. And I I have a problem with that. You know, I, I actually. Um, I I feel I especially feel like uh, what's the word man words. <laughs> You've been reading two books. You better have some words. I know, right? Sort of, yeah. You'd think that would help expand my vocabulary. Well, what, what are you what are you what are you thinking? What are you trying to get at? What I'm trying to get at is my repulsion. I guess that's a harsh word, but for uh, uh, for books that are. Uh, like the secret is an example. Yeah, right, okay? right. The law of attraction. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't read it, so I guess you know there's that. But they very much are about like fake it till you make it, or just like think positively and positive yeah. things will happen. And I mean, I think it's I think it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think there are hard things that we go through, and we should call them out that way. And there's no yeah. there's no need not to experience that um, because it's the reality. You know, like I went through cancer. Okay, and. The idea that I would just try to think positively through that or, you know, there's something that starts to make you feel bad about yourself if you feel like like you're like it's you don't feel good, mm-hmm. you know, because you start to judge that. And you're like, oh, well, you know, if I just thought more positive, maybe I'd be feeling better, but I don't feel positive. So so I mean, I guess, you know, I read the eight pillars and maybe the one uh, around acceptance is is a big one that I'm getting at here. But um, I mentioned science because I think it's an important element to this so that it is grounded in some um you know, reality. <laughs> yeah. Unlike some of those books. Or so that it's more measurable. Yeah, and yeah. And it's not, but I mean, positive thinking and these sort of like feel good, th- like they, I'm sure that they serve healthy purposes for some people who use them as like, a, oh, and I think kind of a way to kind of like get inspired and to kind of get going. And I going think and they can be like a tool for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think it's when you, when you try to, um, when that that dry, you use that as like a driving principle for taking in life or mm-hmm. living life, I think that's where it becomes but even problematic. Like the, but, but even like the idea of positive thinking, like I think it, it there is something real about that because if you focus on positive things, yes. the negative things will still be happening and to you, but you're not getting weighed down by them. That's the difference, right, right? And and that actually is kind of what I wanted to mention here okay, around. Yeah. Uh, so there's a study that was done in 1978. Um, I won't read all the psychologists who did it, and maybe you've heard about it. It's really interesting. So. Um, they took lottery winners and they took people who had been paralyzed in an accident and looked at mm. their happiness. Um, and how long after was it that they looked at it? They looked at their how happy they were, you know, sometime after that. So like again, lottery winners. Kind of yeah, I'm not sure exactly. It doesn't get into super detail here. Um, but from that study, this idea of a set point came out because what they found is that people were actually about as happy as they were before, mm. which is kind of <laughs> is uh, disappointing to hear. Sad, you know, like the idea that something terrible or something really positive, I guess, you know, in terms of winning a bunch of money. Um, but at the end of the day, these people are about as happy as they were before. Right. After a little while. And so this concept of a set point came up, the idea that we all have a sort of predisposition to, and, and we'll sort of achieve a certain point of happiness. And that might be as, as far as we go, you know, it might mm. be more about that. It might be more the nature uh, or rather the nurture, no, I'm sorry, nature, <laughs> than it is nurture, right? And so right. apparently a f- uh, more recent study by Lubomirsky, Luber- uh, Angela Lansbury, we'll oh, say. Was Angela, she's very prolific. Um, suggests that it's maybe about ha- 50% of our happiness is a result of this set point, okay? And that it is more of the nature. And the other half might be determined by a combination of our circumstances, um, which we may have limited control over, but uh, they they cite the three factors as having the greatest influence over increasing our happiness is our ability to reframe our situation more positively, mm-hmm. what you just said, our ability to experience gratitude, and our choice to be kind and generous. It's um, a choice. Yeah. That choice is so fucking important. So it does come back, you know, to some of those eight pillars and that idea of, uh, you know, accepting reality, but also this uh, powerful reframing of things. Yeah. You know, and so the perspective one is one of the pillars that they talk about and one of the... One of the ways that I've experienced that, even just since reading this, is in these uh, frustrating late nights that we have as parents where you just fucking, you're so tired mm-hmm. and, you know, your kid is just not behaving or maybe they're sick, you know, and it sucks. Like you want to just go to sleep. And I've experienced <laughs> this in myself on some of these nights where I think about what other parents are going through. And it's like, we gotta, it's um, a tricky balance here because you don't want to be like, oh, you know, someone's at a hospital with their treating their kid with cancer and and feel guilty about it because that that's not what you're trying to go for here i mean that's true but it's more about how 
um, interconnected we are and the fact that you know you're not going at this alone yes I love that feeling right I lo- so the other night Henry he's been doing great by the way with sleep oh good but I'm the glad other to night, hear that the night before Micah's very first day mm-hmm. of full school um, he woke up at 3am just like completely awake Ugh. It's it's almost and worse like, when it's just random like that, you know. Right, because he wasn't even in pain. He was yeah, just like yeah, he's yeah. like awake and hungry, you uh-huh. know. So um, so I went and got him and brought him in our bed because I was just like you know. And then we got a bottle and put him down. And I was really trying to convince Micah because she's a lighter sleeper than I am, and I knew she would have a harder time getting back to sleep. I was like, yeah. don't like don't bother. Like we're both, he's going to be okay. He's right. going to chill. The gates closed. He's not going to fall down the stairs. Um, and I but I, and of course it was impossible to sleep because he was hitting us so much and you know he was mm. awake and it was just it was difficult and I was laying there and I was thinking there are other people in this situation that get it yeah and that's beautiful and in this very moment even yeah there are like, other parents there are awake other parents in the middle of the night whose lights are on at three in the morning and who are fucking exhausted yeah and like it's part of our human experience right you know? And 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 you can stop yourself when that happens and That's do right. that. Yes. And to me, when I'm talking about the emotion thing, this mm-hmm. year a big thing for me has been like I I get aggravated, I get anxious, I get upset, and then I'm like, ah, just like stop it. Yeah. That is my brain doing that. That's right. I have control over how my brain is framing this scenario. That's the thing. The reality is, is I'm going to be really tired tomorrow. Yep. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. <laughs> I, there's, at this point, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. So I can either choose to be tired and miserable. Mm-hmm. Or I can be tired and appreciative of the fact that we have a kid that can wake up in the middle of the night. Right. But we have a kid who's beautiful and wonderful. And healthy. You and know, who's and making like... these funny noises even though I can't sleep. And like, you know what? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And there are other people out there in that same boat who, you know, would probably benefit from knowing that I was in that boat. And I honestly think that's part of why people like this podcast. Well, I hope. I mean, I think for that's sure. It, that's you know? it. It's like that's, knowing that we're all going us. through this. We're all just winging it. Right. You know, right. And that's, that's the whole point. That's really, I think it is powerful. So and it as gets we're at, just winging it, we can either be present and and we can do it with enthusiasm and, and humor. Yeah. Or we can retreat into ourselves and be stressed out about every single little fucking thing that happens. Well, know? and that's exactly it. So, you know, they specifically say in this book, so much of what causes heartache is our wanting things to be different than they are. Mm. You know? And so, and that gets at the acceptance right. one. And, and um, the Dalai Lama had this great um, Buddhist teaching around this where it's like, if, so you're worrying about something. If there's something you can do about it, do it. <laughs> Instead right. of worrying, just do it, right? And if you can't do anything about it, then worrying isn't going to help. Right. And I know that that's right. like such a common sense thing to say. And it also, you know, it's hard. Like we all have to, we all, again, experience the worry or the concern or whatever it is. But I think you, you do actually have more power than you think in cultivating that kind of acceptance um, and that perspective, you know, that broadening it out. So it's like, you know what, tomorrow I might be really fucking tired. But you know what? The next day I'm going to be fine again. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll get sleep hopefully at some point in the future. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, broadening out even more because that's a lot of what the perspective thing is about. It's like zooming out. In a couple years, right. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to exactly. miss picking up, you know, exactly. a baby. You know, like, I'm not going to be able to pick them up. Like, they're right. going to be this, like, full-size, you know, human being. And, and that will be great too. But it's – you won't ever get this back. And I think, you know, that's, I think, for me at least, uh, when we talk about these Passage of Time commercials, that's why I always tear up because there is like, a, there's some mourning that's happening there, right? It's totally. a loss, each stage of this. And so, you know, to the extent that you can remind yourself of that as well in those situations that this is going to change mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to sleep again and not, you know, not worry about whatever this thing is. And, and when I sleep again, I'm going to miss, like you said, yeah. these nights. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's not a tragedy. Right. It's a, it's it's just part of a complicated life. And and if you're present in the midst of that complicated life, if you appreciate it for what it is, yeah. if it's not just an annoyance, mm-hmm. if it's an, if it's a little adventure, yeah. if it's like, oh man, now I'm like up late <laughs> and this is weird and this is not something that any i mean before being a parent mm-hmm. and after being the parent of a young of young kids i will never experience this again right. you know yeah. like i'm never going to be woken up in the middle of the night by a crying funny looking baby who's funny looking pants you know what i mean it's so true but 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 now i am and, yeah. and it's that's the way it is and i'm going to try to enjoy it as best i can and what's difficult is that this is always happening in the context of us not being in a position where we're ready to be excited about it right oh exactly because these things happen in the context of oh my god i'm fucking tired i have a call in three hours exactly i'm stressed out So you're not in like this peaceful exactly state, you're you know? not blissed out exactly but blissed out i love but it but it's this con this feeling of the continuum of experience and so it's like yeah. you you do exactly what was that tutu that said that or that was no no that was <laughs> that was one? a buddhist philosophy, yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. so that was that exactly. was um, uh, the dalai lama, the dalai yep. lama. Mm-hmm. so like so you stop and you say is there anything that i can do about this yeah and then you do it i got the bottle right 
that's literally all. I'm not going to fucking sedate him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that happened. I did what I could do. And now it's just, this is life. So yeah. you might as well embrace and it. And especially yeah. with the second, I'm sure you found this too. You know you know more of what to expect. So you know that, sure, they're up now. And it's like, it's kind of driving you crazy because there's no reason. But you also know that within some amount of time, they're going to go back to sleep. Right. You know, right, it's going right, to happen. Right, like they're right. not going to just stay you know? up for the rest of the night. Exactly. Right. I mean, occasionally that might happen. And if it does happen, then it's like something you can tell a funny story about someday, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's actually, I, the I, moment I, I know you we feel got more stuff way, to cover, but, but, but some, no, no, something it's... that I've been trying to do more lately as well, and part of it is having this podcast to talk about these stories on, is, and Micah and I will we'll, we'll laugh about this, like for example with the um, Airbnb rental that backfired, yeah. we'll be like, this is awful, but it's going to make a fucking hilarious story someday. <laughs> so let's experience it like we're being told a funny story. You oh, know? I love it. Right? So so it's like, of course See, this is happening. you know all right? this already, because I was going to share this awesome quote. It's from a Mexican shaman. Um, a Mexican that, shaman. Yeah, that Douglas Abrams, the author, wrote, or uh, had experienced this with this guy saying it, and he said, uh, he said, laughing and crying are the same thing. Laughing just feels better. Mm. How awesome oh, man, is that? That's fucking wise. How awesome yeah, is that? You know, I love that. Um, because it is like again, it gets at these extremes, and you're more open, right? So if you're crying and you're laughing more, you're probably more open to the reality, and uh, like you're, I, I'd say you're a more joyful person. Yeah, you know? you're more present. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Because moments of non-joy to mm-hmm. me are not moments where I am. Um, well, I guess when, when I'm stressed out, I'm not being joyful but but it's 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 more it's the moments between things when i'm just kind of coloring by the numbers and like making an appointment on time and like doing something that i'm not thinking about like you Mm -hmm. know i'm just sort of just getting to this thing and doing this thing and then going home and being like okay i guess that you know but but being present in those moments can be really joyful even if it's like stressed out but you're but you're being aware of what you're doing yeah right yeah and if you're aware of what you're doing then you're aware of everything surrounding that that's right exactly the context is huge i think yeah so, I mean, you know, ultimately, like I said, I think the generosity and compassion pieces are a place where we want to get to. Um, let's see. Tutu shares this thing of, uh, you know, so I've sometimes joked and said God doesn't know very much about math because when you give to others, it should be that you're subtracting from yourself. But in this incredible kind of way, I've certainly found that to be the case so many times. You gave and it seems like, in fact, you're making space for more to be given to you. Mm. You know, and it's something kind of interesting there around... Um, generosity. And, and I think in this culture, um, in a capitalist society, you know, it is very much us or them or uh, zero sum. And uh, did I, is that the right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, it, that, it doesn't have to be that way, at least not in all cases. I don't know, maybe with money it does. But uh, I think in, it's in the act of giving. And, and, and they even talk about parenting as well as like pretty much the epitome of that, where you do, you lose a lot of the sense of self. It's the giving tree um, idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You lose much of your own sense of self, and it's in really beautiful ways, you know, that you focus a lot of your energy on kids. And, like, that has to be, you know, we talked about in the last episode, it's nice to get away sometimes, too, and um, and treat yourself. But, like, you know, overall, I'd say we, I, I think we're both living more joyful lives, um, partially because we are giving a lot more to others now, and, and a lot of our yeah. life is focused on others and and that's bringing us joy. You know, yeah. that actually is a source of us getting more in return. That's the income. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You're giving something in terms of your time or your assets or whatever. Right. But you're gaining back from that happiness and joy. You know? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, on the compassion piece, you mentioned earlier the idea of like being totally overwhelmed. And I thought this was a good one um, because we also that's a reality, right? Like being more open means you, especially in a world where you have access to more information, it can be so totally overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And the idea of keep maintaining joy in a world like ours right now that feels like it's totally on fire, it's hard. And so um, I think this was Tutu who shared this as well. It helps no one if you sacrifice your joy because others are suffering. We people who care must be attractive, must be filled with joy so that others recognize that caring, that helping, and being generous are not a burden. They are joy. Give the world your love, your service, your healing, but you can also give it your joy. This, too, mm. is a great gift. Mm. You know, it's kind of neat because it's also not about you, um, you know, putting yourself out there as uh, some kind of savior um, and thinking you can, you know, save the world one single handedly. And it's like your burden. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. I think we we get stuck in that a lot in the nonprofit world, especially where you get so like riled up about something and you should um, because that is accepting the reality. But you also have to kind of realize, you know, your limitations and also your best the way that you can best accomplish that is in bringing your best self and, you know, doing it with others. 
So th- I would say that's what I struggle most with. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, especially after the couple of years we've had. I, it's just it's very difficult. And yeah. So I, in my internal joy and the joy that I experience with family and friends and mm-hmm. people that I'm surrounded with, I feel like is it a, a better place than it has been. I, I feel like being more present has really helped with that. But that part of that has been trying to be less present from current events. I hear you. Which have been stressing it's me like, out so much. Yeah, you have to protect yourself. But the reality like. is, is you and I are both, we care a lot about what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And we care a lot about the sheer volume of suffering. Yeah. And not even in terms of politi- you know, geopolitical things, but just in terms of what's happening around the world. Absolutely. Um, and it is, it, it, I guess, I guess what, what I need to remind myself of is that being joyful does not mean being unaware yeah. And being joyful does not mean not being open to feeling that. Mm-hmm. And being joyful is making a decision that regardless of what is happening at any given time, I will feel it and I will give space for others to feel it and to be with me in that moment. Right? Yeah. So like – because part of me feel like when I was a kid, for example, I was so – nice and so happy yeah all the time and, and i remember like as i kind of lost that a little bit as you know i got older people would comment they'd be like you know you used mm. to be so nice all the time you know and it's not like i was an asshole but it's like but, I, <laughs> but it's like i wasn't just i didn't always go with the flow i wasn't always yeah. you know giving everybody a high five after every single thing that they did but the reality is that i was focusing so much on happiness at that point Mm. on those small interactions where I could build somebody else up or build myself up or be like, oh, it's okay. Let's like not, let's not focus on the fact that something bad happened. Right, right. right. And that is like, that's like ignorant happiness. It's mm. not a bad, it's not like I'm saying it's a bad thing no, to be no, no. a good sportsman, you know. Right. But like, but, but it's, joy is not ignorant happiness, right? I think that's right. Joy is, 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 is so that if somebody feels like they are at their wits end, they know that they can call me and then I will talk to them about it. You right. Know, or something mm-hmm. like that. It's these these moments of openness. I think you're right. And it's also to that point, it's like we can't, you know, shutting ourselves off from the bad that's going on in the world isn't going to bring us joy either. You go back to this idea of I am because we are. And it's like, you know, helping others lifts all boats. Right. It, it helps your experience of this world as much mm-hmm. as it does that person's. Ubuntu, yeah. Um, and yeah. And I think. It is really hard to navigate because, you know, you see news and it's super, it's so depressing, right, to hear what's going on in the world and to know that your action, it isn't going to change it. You know, it's going to contribute, right? And there's a lot you can do, but it's not going to change it overnight. And that's really depressing. When you talk about, you know, kids who are dying unnecessarily, that's happening in our world today. So I still struggle with that. And uh, it takes practice, I think, you know, and that's where also... You know, these guys meditate for large periods of the of their day. And it's not it's you know, it's not necessarily coming out of a self-centeredness. It's actually um, I think a lot of it has to do with that acceptance and, and gratitude. Yeah. Um, and that helps them come at this with a different perspective so that you're able to accept it and acknowledge it and even experience it emotionally and still be joyful, you know, mm. and, and maybe that's how you're joyful. So it's it's something to that's, work that, on. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like. To me, that's my next personal phase of trying to be a more joyful person. Yeah, that's like that's that's something that I think I need in my life, and I think we all do. To, to, I to think degrees. so. Yeah, and I think it, part of it is, is something probably that they've not only been you know predisposed to do well and also been practicing daily, but the fact that they've just lived through complicated long lives. That's right. And they can look at it from above, and they can be like, "This is you know." I mean, I I feel like that will be a really difficult transition for me to be totally open to pain. Um, and totally present yeah. and also joyful. Yeah. But I feel like that's, that's and yet, the goal. that is the only way then to be joyful. Th- and that's, that's, that's the, right. <laughs> you and know, that's, that's the only the way par- to be a paradox, real, fully yeah. realized human. Yeah. That's, that's it, you know? It's, and that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I say it truthfully. I think that uh, in this idea of just winging it, it's just about, we're all just trying to work out life. Right. And figure out, you know, what makes the most sense for us and, and our kids. But I think in just being aware and having these kinds of conversations, it's the only way we're ever going to really grow. Right. You know, even just making myself reread a lot of this book so I could talk about it was so helpful because it really takes practice. Yeah. Let's keep practicing. Makes perfect. <laughs> Thanks, All man. Right. That was we'll great. We'll talk again soon. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.